Welcome, Latroy Hawkins, to the Shoddy Show. Shoddy Show, I love that name. Shoddy Show. And you know the song that we open with is Wiz Khalifa. Really? Yeah, but we just have the music, so he can't sue us. Um, everybody's asking me how it's a cool song. Like we got it from the movie, the show Power. So everybody was asking me, do you watch Power? Uh, I watched the first season, and I refused to watch the second season. Go three, four, five, and six? I know, I'm, I'm not getting caught up in that. I'm sorry. But Rick I and I did power. watch it. We went hard on Power. Did you guys binge watch it, or you yeah, went we every did. week? We, we were like, at first I was like, the acting's crazy, I can't do it. And then I went, we went all in on it. So we like it. But you know who was a standout in that? The dude that played at the um, Super Bowl. Uh, oh, my God. Which Super he Bowl? Had, this year, he was, with, he was a surprise. Was what is Bowl? his name, oh, you guys? At rapper. I th- no, I didn't go to We'll come back to him. We'll come back to him. Snoop Dogg. So no. He was a... You played a crackhead. Yes. Kendrick was a standout on power. He is a conscious rapper. He is good. He doesn't rap about nonsense. Talk about real stuff. Who's your favorite rapper? I was going to wait to ask you that, but this is a real casual. My favorite rapper? Um, I'm going to go with Biggie Smalls or Pop. Ooh, so the old school stuff. Yeah, I can't get with the new stuff. Do you like J. Cole? I do like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, but... My favorite that is you can put it on anytime rap. I'm good is Pac or Biggie. All right. So everybody's asking me, like, so how do you know LaTroy Hawkins? How do you know a baseball player? I'm like, excuse me, why wouldn't I know some professional athlete? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? No, but I know you from my dad. So tell me um, how you met my dad and what you're, because we kind of wanted to have you on in honor of my dad's birthday, May 13th. So how did I meet Daddy B? Um, we're in, Daddy B was the, he was our security guy. He protected us in the bullpen at the Metro Dome. <laughs> and when I say protected us, he actually took his job serious about making sure that the guys, the six or seven guys in that bullpen were, we were good. And not just in the bullpen, in real life. And I was telling my buddy this morning, I told him what I was coming to do. And he was like, how'd you meet here, Daddy B? And I'm like, in the bullpen. I was like, but I said, I love Daddy B because... Every year, these random people would come down to the bullpen during the middle of the game and say, hey, Sergeant Baggett, Sergeant Baggett, oh, like, how you, hey, how you doing? And Gary, Daddy B would get up and walk over there and have a good conversation with these. I'm like, Daddy B, how the hell you know all these people? <laughs> and you know what he told me? When you treat people like humans, you don't have to worry about a lot of things. And Daddy B worked at the prison. And that meant a lot to me because my brother was in prison. And my brother told me how some of the guards were. And I, Daddy B was completely opposite. He always said, I treated people like they were humans. And that touched me because it doesn't happen all the time. And to see these men who have gotten out of prison, and when they come to a Twins game, if they saw Daddy B and they were in the upper deck, they were going to make their way down to come say hello to Sergeant Baggett. The guys were in the prison. I mean, I remember some inmates. <clears throat> yep. And that was like me and Eddie's. I admired him for that because he didn't have to be nice to those guys. He didn't. But being when you're a good human being, you don't look at people's circumstances. You still look at them as humans. And he did that. They were, um, he was buddies with a lot of those inmates, you know? Yeah. I mean, they come down, they would hold these long conversations. Like, who is that? That ain't me. 
And he knew their names. He probably can tell us their inmate number, everything, how long they've been home. And I said, what you, what y'all talk about? I just told him, hey, I don't want to see you back there. I don't want to see you back there. Do no not good. come back. Do not come back. Do not come back. Yeah, I remember them chatting a little bit about it. So we met you. I remember you coming to the house. You must have been fresh, young, because Janie, my 26-year-old, was a baby. She was in her little strawberry blanket, and Anita came, and Eddie, and how is Anita, by the way? She's doing good. She's in Zimbabwe. All she does is do really? cool things. She's doing, doing, um... That's his wife, Anita Hawkins. They're, um, um, what do you call it? They're digging wells wow. for these villages so they can have clean water. Well, yeah. that's really neat, and it's cool she gets to go help She'll out. Be home. She's been there, ooh. She'll be home on Saturday, so it's, I think it's a 13-day trip. No, you have a game tonight. You're broadcasting. This afternoon. I'm not doing the game this afternoon. You're That's not. why this worked out so okay, well. Okay, cool. Because MLB took over the game. I'm so like looking at your schedule like, you can come on this day. Yeah. Are they even going to um, play in this rain? Um, that's a good question. They're probably not going to play because it's supposed to rain all day. Even okay. though Target Field definitely drains very well, Yeah. probably won't play. Okay, okay so, so many fun things to talk to you about. So we'll keep going with Dad. Yeah. You guys think about things with Dad. Come back to it. We have so much. My mom. Oh, by the way, uh, Rick Sherrick, the other hawk, and uh, Grandma Jane are in the uh, studio with me and Latroy right now. Troy and I. And I am solo today without my girl. Well, let's get back to Daddy B. Yes, please. Just you know, getting a chance to know him, and we had some unbelievable conversation down in the bullpen. Like the first five innings, you know, Eddie and I didn't pitch until <clears throat> excuse me later in the game, so we spent five innings talking to Daddy B. About everything. Oh, sure. We talked about everything. And it wasn't conversation with just fluff. We had good, deep conversations. Like, Daddy B, how do you stay married so long? Like, family, <laughs> real conversation. So that's how we developed that relationship with Daddy B. And then him and his bride used to come down to go to South Padre Island every year. And they would stop and stay a couple of days at the Hawkins house and bring their little doggy. And oh my God, Sargi boy! A lot of fun, Sargi. Yeah. Sargi boy Sargi. just passed away. Just passed away. I mean, that was a good run, you guys. Yeah, that's what I say when people are like my dog. I mean, <laughs> he had a good run. That's what I think about Diamond and Yanko, my German Shepherd. They had a great run. Okay, so do you have any German Shepherds right now? No more dogs. Okay. No more dogs. <laughs> and remember I, Rex? My sister had Rex. Yes. I, you know, I love dogs. <laughs> I love them. I really do. But once Diamond passed away. And just being able to get up and just move when I want to. That's a big thing. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot more. But that first year in 2020, during the pandemic, and not having a dog, was that was really tough. That it really was hard. really tough not having a dog. And that made me miss her that much more. Because she was 15 when she passed away. And it was, it was a tough time. It Wait. was tough. She had a maid because you have that you have that acreage down there, don't you? Yep. You hunt. And she had her own mind. She did whatever she wanted to do, but she was just, a, you know, everybody talk about their dogs like friendly. Oh, my dog was great. I never saw Diamond bark at a person. Yeah. She was a German Shepherd. Yeah, she yeah. never barked at a person. Nope, just wasn't aggressive. Great family dog. Great with kids, and that's what I want. I didn't want a dog that's gonna be vicious enough, vicious enough to attack you. I don't. I can protect myself. I want a dog when you walk in my house. And you leave your kid, Diamond's gonna go take care of that kid, gonna nurture that kid. You know your dog, your your kid's gonna be safe around my dog. That's yeah. what I liked about it. Does Anita have a little dog? Nope, no, we have zero. So you're dogs. done with dogs. I won't dog. say we're done just yet because yeah. Troy has been talking about a dog for a couple oh, of years. Oh. 
Hi, Troy, by the talking, way. She's been talking about a dog for a couple years, so we will see how that plays out. Will she come? Okay, we're getting sidetracked. So, so much to talk about. So, Dad came to your, visit you on your land, didn't he? Daddy B? I thought you guys... Yeah, we did go to the ranch. We, we did go to the, to the ranch. We went to the ranch. So, how many acres is that? The ranch was 360, 360 Wow, so you... Yeah. Oh, my God, is that cool? It, it was a lot of fun. I didn't get out there a lot, so I had to sell it. You did and sell it. I bought a place closer to the house, about 45 minutes. That okay. Didn't you have a buffalo? Or yeah. some critter? We had some buffalo and some cows. <laughs> we ate the buffalo, though. <laughs> I think you you think you think gave us some elk or something once. Was that Probably you? some buffalo and some cows. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, was like, no, no, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. We served you elk at my yep. sister's house. Oh my God! I liked your old ranch, so that was fun. We, we, Daddy, and I loved it out there. We used to when did you sell that three hundred and sixty acres? Three hundred and sixty uh, acres. I think I sold it in like two thousand thirteen. Okay. Dang. But then I, now you know, I had a couple of buddies who, who I went in on. We bought a ranch together, and you know it's a lot closer. I get out there a lot more. And do you still drive crazy in that stupid four-wheeler thing? No, I do not, Mama Jane. <laughs> I one day we were messing around with the calves. Oh no! And I was wide open on the four on the four-wheeler, and the calf went left, and I tried to go left with the with the with the four-wheeler, and I went right. It threw me off. I hit my face. Oh my landed god! on my shoulder, oh. and it was freezing outside, and I'm like. Oh, get up. Freezing, like I raised my right. arm. Wow. It was probably about 20 degrees outside, oh, but the yeah, grass okay. was hard. And I hit my face on the grass. Okay. And I got up. I was to make sure my shoulder was okay because I was still playing. <laughs> That's I, what I was thinking. Then okay. I looked at my face, and I had scratches all on my face because the grass was, was so hard from you know, you frozen. You were still pinching them? Yeah. yeah, this was. I, this probably happened in 2010, I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, probably about 2010. So I don't drive fast on those anymore. Oh, well, I, no. I learned his lesson. Yeah. The hard lesson. way. And I, was, I like, was scared shitless. I'm we can swear on my show, Mom. <laughs> we can swear, but I haven't dropped the F-bomb yet. It's the best thing about <laughs> podcasting and being on the radio. You get a lot more leeway than you do on television. That's best ever, but I haven't said one F-bomb yet. Really? It's going to be the 17th episode. That's really good for me, dude. Don't start on this one. I'm not. <laughs> Latroy came in, and here I was. Here I was. Okay, so um, you guys went on some cruises together, didn't you? We went to. Where did we go? We went to. Um, With Bert and. And Gail. Uh, as in Bert, Lila. And Tori. And Tori. You're right. I took Eddie's place because Eddie had emergency appendectomy. That's right. That's um, right. Do you see Eddie much? Yes. How's yes, he doing? When we lived in California. We saw him. We saw him and Lisa a lot. And Troy is really close with Nico and Jacob oh, okay. and Ava. And Eddie's daughter just turned seventeen uh, on oh May seventeenth. <clears throat> so, and Nico's on a show, right? Yeah, party of five. Yes. And he's, on, he's been in a few. He's movies. doing yeah, really yeah, well. Nico's doing good, very good. And his son Jacob plays baseball. He goes to a junior college in, in the LA area. But he's playing in the Northwoods League here in, in Minnesota for the summer. He'll be in okay. Rochester. So Eddie and Lisa and the family, they'll be here on Friday. Well, they'll be in cool. Rochester. They're getting him situated for the summer. I'd love to see Lisa. See how quiet that is when the AC comes off? Oh, hey, guys. We are back to talk about serious medical. That is C as in Charlie, E as in Echo, R as in Richard, E as in Echo, and S as in Sam medical. They have still got the best CBD products. I'm still in love with the gummies. I take them at night. 
but they do also have a sleep product you need to try. I'm loving that roller. The CBD roller is still great when you're sore from workouts or whatever you need. They even have doggy treats. I'm going to try them on my naughty dog, Bo, who's looking at me right now. Guys, if you want to try Serious Medical, that's C-E-R-E-S, Medical, go to their website and type in Shoddy20 for a nice 20% discount. You guys are the best. Try some CBD. You're going to love it with Serious Medical. Um, okay, so continuing on here. Back to the pontoon. So oh, the yeah, the pontoon boat. And I took... Uh, yes, kind of. Uh, yes, I. Well, we can't get down there now. The river's so high, so I can't use it. I won't use it for probably another three, four weeks. Oh. It's the river's so high, but I can drive it myself. Boat. You know, nice. hey, I had I to be independent. I had to take the. You've always been independent. Jesus, what, what, what she's happened? really independent now. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's Her good. knee doesn't hurt anymore. It hurts like it's funny. <laughs> but she don't start. I mean, she booked up them stairs today coming up here. Usually, you know, because she that's feels first, great. She's happy. First thing I said, I was like, "Is Mama Jane gonna be there?" Yeah. She's like she's gonna be there. I'm like, okay. He's good. so easy. You send him a text. Do this. Like it's the best ever. I love it. Okay, so I want to hear um, a few people ask me some questions. So first of all, um. Growing up, you you were a multi-athlete, multi-sport athlete. Three sport, yep. And so you played track, basketball, and, and baseball. baseball. Yes. And you got a full scholarship to Indiana State to play basketball, not baseball yeah. or run track. Right. So, yes. was that a hard decision or what? You know what? Not a hard decision. My uh, my grandfather, um. He told me that I was a better baseball player than basketball player. And I'm like, well, why did I get a basketball scholarship but not a baseball scholarship? You know so much. <laughs> but, that is so interesting. But I um, I didn't know if I wanted to go sit in the class for another four years. So when the Twins drafted me and offered me money to play baseball, I'm like, you're going to pay me to play baseball? <laughs> I had been paying to play baseball up until that point. So I was thinking like, hmm. Like, well, if it don't go well, I can always go back to college. And the rest is history. You know, I signed with the Twins, and I was, you know, I'm going to go give it my best shot. And if it work, it work. If it don't, I got a safety net because wow. I think I can still go back and play basketball. I wouldn't be too old. I can still go back and play basketball. Who's your favorite uh, NBA team? Uh, nobody. I don't watch the NBA at all. Don't you really? Nope. No NBA. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. Of course. I'm a college fan. Okay. I love college basketball. I so who's... I mean, so the final four, I usually get involved around uh, final eight, you know, because I don't know not, enough about it. Then I'm always bummed out I don't, didn't watch it because it's so exciting, you <laughs> it know? Is, it's exciting. Okay, so you, that's super interesting. I'm a KU fan, and I was at the national championship yeah. game this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had a blast in New Orleans. It was awesome. Great to see. And, you know, I am a Jamison Battle fan. Okay. He goes to the University of Minnesota. Oh, okay. So you guy. don't watch NBA, you just up on college. I'm all on college, and I watch college uh, men's that, basketball and women's basketball. You know what? That's super. I always feel bad though that we don't get go to more like. Well, we had a friend that Sarah Scalia, she played on the Gophers, University of Minnesota, really good. Now where'd Sarah go? She went to Indiana. Now she's at Indiana. 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 Oh, yeah. Super fun to watch, like a little sniper. But no, I love all that stuff too. Um, okay, so I listened to a podcast yesterday. I took a little deep dive on you. A 
podcast. Well, I wanted, I wanted to just get a little bit more info on it because I've always known you, right? I wanted a few more, you know, a little bit more info. So I listened to the Brett McCabe podcast during the pandemic. Oh, That's yes. a really good podcast, folks. Brett played at LSU. He played baseball at LSU. It was called and The Secret to Winning. Yes. And I met him at there's a huge convention every January. It's called the ABCA convention. It's the Amateur Baseball Coaches Association. Okay. And I had a chance to meet him there and we get to talk. And he has, he has a book. And it's really This good. podcast was win. excellent with you yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah it was good. And, and I loved, good. though, hearing about how he, he asked how you get into mindset to come from. The, well, first of all, I'm not going to talk a lot about pitching because I don't know enough about it. But you were a starter. And yes. there, that was super interesting how both of you were saying how when you were a starter and if you had a bad game, then you sit on it for four days. Yeah, it was excruciating. I mean, like, it was frustrating. And Mentally. then you said that you wish you would have, because your mindset in the bullpen changed, and then you wish you would have had that mindset when you were a starter. Yeah, I think. All this mindset. When I was a starter, I, I always felt like I was trying to save something for the fourth or the fifth inning. Yeah. Well, what I'm saving anything for the fourth and the fifth inning if I never got there. <laughs> I never made it that far in the game. So I think when I went to the bullpen, it gave, gave me an opportunity to, if I had a bad game, there's a good chance I could pitch the next day. So I get to flush that out of my mind quick, very fast. And I was more engaged. Every day I was engaged. I was in the bullpen watching the game. You just never know. You're like that. I think that that uncertainty of whether you're going to pitch or not, the, the, the part of not knowing helped me stay engaged in the game. Once I pitched on Monday, I had what I could do whatever Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I pitched again on Saturday. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if you didn't do good on Monday, it drove you nuts. And you went through that. That's your career. I went through that a lot when I was a starter because I got 99 starts. So it was it was excruciating. It was I can't I got through it, but at the time it was it was tough. It was tough because you would go out there, you want to do your best every time. And I tell guys now, I was like, you see that guy that has the bat? He want a nice house. He want to drive a nice car. <laughs> he want to be able to take care of his family. So his job is oh to make your God. life miserable. Yeah. So that's how I try to equate it for the guys. Like, hey, the guys are trying to get you out. You got to figure out a way how to get them out. You got to take some of their money. Wow, that's right. really right. good. Okay, that, that goes with on um, this podcast you said, he asked you how you get prepped to go in from the bullpen. And you said growing up in Gary, Indiana. Yep. In that environment. And made, then you. That made everything that much easier when I got to the big leagues. Because giving up six runs in a start, it was a big deal. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. When I would see you on TV, if, you, if things were getting funky, you would keep your act together. Yeah. You had yeah. that. But you yeah. said, here you go, um, with a man on first and a guy on third, and Barry Bonds up to bat, yeah. that's, nothing that's nothing compared to compared what you grew to up seeing with. people get killed and uh, seeing people, you know, the lights and gas off and you know, the parents working, the mom working two and three jobs, trying to feed their family and still coming up short every month and just, you know. So good. Just hanging out with my friends. We didn't talk about each other because we were all in the same boat. We didn't yeah. talk about each other. We couldn't rag each other because, you know, if I had holes in my socks, he had holes in his pants. Yeah. So it was like we really couldn't talk about each other. 
but I think it made me that much stronger. And I think, but like my my sense of awareness when I walk in a room and I walk when I'm somewhere what I'm not familiar with, it's completely different than somebody that didn't grow up in the environment that I grew up in. I remember being in Chicago and Wrigley Field. I think I was with the Astros at the time. Okay. And there was a thunderstorm coming. And Lance Berkman was at first base and the guy who else was at third base. Um, Lumber was at shortstop. And I come upset. And it sounded like the field got struck with light. That's how loud it was. And I'm in set mode. And it goes. I turn and look. My guys are running off the field. <laughs> They're running off the field. Then I step off, and you know, I'm like, "What, what are we doing?" It was like everybody getting the, in the dugout. I'm like, "It's like Latroy, you didn't flinch." I'm like, "Are you not?" Loud noises don't bother me. I grew up with hearing gunshots and all type of stuff. It doesn't bother me. I figured if it was that loud and I was still breathing, I was good. So, as a little kid, did you learn to adjust that mentally? Because not everybody does. Like, what made you take the path you took? Um, I would like to say I was lucky because I did some that I could have got in trouble with, trouble for, and I was just one of the lucky ones. I was definitely one of the lucky ones. Okay, so you did have like a naughty phase. Yeah, I mean, I would fight and do some other stuff. I did, yeah. Who was your driving force to keep you focused? My mom and my grandfather, they were were pretty, they were pretty tough. (laughs) They were pretty tough on me. But I look at that too and like, they were pretty tough on me, but they were just as tough on everybody else in our, my family. My brother went to prison for 25 years, and we grew up in the same house. Well, he got into some trouble the first time, and it was the big trouble, and it changed his life forever. So, you know, just being in the same house is all about, you know, I just felt like I just, I, I was spared that for some reason. I was spared it, and my brother wasn't. And I have a younger brother who went through some stuff early on. He's back on the right track now, and... We all grew up in the same house, but we all took different paths, but we had the same upbringing. Your brother that went to prison. You can talk loud. Is he out? Yes, he got out um, February the 4th, 2020. How was your relationship? Oh, great. Brothers. Yeah, we're, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is he doing doing well? Yeah, he's doing awesome. He's doing outstanding. I I would go see him every year or a couple times a year. Mom's like, we... We saw him all the time. We talked to him all the time. I mean, it was a long time. It was a quarter of a That's century. A lot, a lot. Yeah. You would go to see him a lot. Yeah, we go see him a lot. And the thing I tell you, the thing that helped me like early on, because when I was in the bullpen with Daddy B, that's when he was fresh in prison, and just being able to talk to Daddy B about stuff like going on and all that, and it's like, and he, he advised how to handle stuff. And I mean, it helped. It definitely helped. But twenty five years, twenty five years. Wow. Are you, like I guess, are you still playing golf? I just started back, Mama Jane. I just did, started back. I'm you, getting better, too. <laughs> you must get custom clubs made, right? Do you get well, fitted yeah, clubs? Yeah, I got some custom clubs. Tell I, mean, I, asked, I just learned about fitted clubs. The club he uh, chose to break. What clubs you break? He, he was, I only broke it because <laughs> Mama Jane made me play it from the spot. <laughs> uh, oh, we, we don't do cheap. Right? We're, we're in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like up against the fence. Oh. <laughs> and she made me hit the ball, and I hit it. You could have dropped. You could have dropped. Taking a stroke. Uh-huh. Daddy B and Mom J were sticklers. No, the rule book says. I'm like, you know, you only cheat yourself in golf. What's your right? That was so funny. Oh, that was still funny. That was funny. That was. I had to bring that up. That is so much fun. Okay. I'm hitting the ball all over the course, and they hit the ball right down the middle. So right yeah, they're the good. Middle. She still is. She beat me on Mother's right Day, and I'm pretty good now. Yes. Just right down the middle. Yeah. Hey, when I beat. 
She beat me on Mother's Day, and I'm pretty good now. I'm not kidding. Really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and we were out in the wind and the rain. And she... Me, us three went. Jeff, and it was a really good time. Okay, so um, more fun things. This is kind of a fun podcast, too. Okay. You know, he's serious. I almost started crying over um, the I'm last... Crying. I know. I'm crying. But I, I cry really easily, though. Okay. Um, okay. I think the older I get, I need to... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Is that a thing? Right? Is that a thing? The older you get, you feel like. Okay, so a couple of things. So first of all, Patrick Mahomes, your godson. Yes. So I never knew about. I never even knew about that kid until you'd be posted about him as he was coming up. So tell us about Patrick a little bit because we love him in our family. Well, to talk about Patrick, we have to talk about his dad, yeah. Pat Mahomes. Because yep. Pat um, was my roommate. Well, I was Pat's roommate in my rookie year. Him and Scott er Erickson took me under their wing. And I first got here in Minneapolis in 1995 and 96. So, and, you know, Big Pat and I just, we hit it off instantly. Instantly. Like, we were, like it was like, man, it was almost like we knew each other our entire life. But, you know, and I remember he said, hey, you know, my girlfriend's pregnant. You know, I have a son. I'm oh, my like, oh, God. So, wow. And I remember, you know, him and I being in Puerto Rico together playing winter ball. And Patrick was probably, you know, less than a year old. And Patrick didn't sleep. And I would be up in the middle of the <laughs> night sense. with him, you know, watching TV and dozing off. And then he'll be like, I want some ketchup. I want some um, french fries and ketchup. He loved ketchup. So in Puerto Rico, you know, I would walk to the little store across the street, stay open all night. I would walk down there, get some french fries, come back and... Just remember putting tons of ketchup on his on his French fry. He just and he watching TV. Dipping it. He probably dip each French fry like five times in the ketchup until it's all gone. He had big old curly hair back then. Too. He sure did have curly He's hair. He's got a head of hair on He's he such a hair. cool kid. Okay, so do you go to the, the home games much? Chiefs um, Nation? I did his first three years. Since the pandemic, I haven't been to Kansas City to see a football game. Oh, okay. Not at all. I um when he got drafted April that April of 2017, I you know, got season tickets and you did. I I still have them, but I usually sell them because I don't. You know, I've I've been to Kansas City plenty of times to the stadium. I want to go to every road stadium. That's my my thing now. I want to see a road game, a couple road games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really cool. Other stadiums. Yeah. Yep. But it's it's been good. I was hung out with him on Friday when we were in, well no Thursday when we were in Kansas City. We had an off day. Just the day in the life of Patrick, man. He was, so when he was busy, busy, busy. in high school and college, was he running the ball? Was he playing this style? He played the ex he played the exact same way now he did in high school with better quarterback skills and better players around him. The exact same way. It was a highlight film every Friday night. I mean, it, it still is. Yeah, where did he go to high school? He's from. Um, he went to high school in White White House, Texas, which okay. is right by Tyler, okay. just outside of Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, his yeah. dad's from Lindale, Texas. Which is right there also, but yeah, he, it was like that. But he was, I, he was a better basketball player than he was baseball and football. See, player. people that have those gifts, yeah. are you kidding me? I remember really? watching him play basketball, and I'm like, he was really good. Really so he good played hoops in high school. Played hoops and baseball. Do you think athlete. that what I did? I saw some tweet about Patrick with baseball. Yeah, he got wow. drafted by the. I think he got drafted by the Tigers. Yep. Can you imagine that? Was he a pitcher I mean, too? you can. Yes. He was a yeah, he was a pitcher. But you know, why wouldn't he be a pitcher? Yeah. yeah. But Latroy, so you think though, with being drafted for baseball and football, I mean, the injuries are a lot 
Yeah, but your take. It's the one thing about football. If you're a quarterback, the league is designed to protect you. Okay, right. They are protected. You can't touch the quarterbacks. So if you're gonna be a quarterback, that's the best position. You can't get touched. They protect you, and you make the most money. <laughs> so that's that's the trifecta right there. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. And his squad is so loaded with players. Yeah, they're loaded. Oh, my they're God. Loaded. But they have the most responsibility also on the team. Yeah. And pretty much they're the smartest guys on the team. You, because what they have to remember, and it's, it's amazing. Like, you got 12, 15-word plays, and every play is kind of similar. And you got to remember the cadence, and you got to remember – you know, put guys in the right protection. You got to be able to see what the defense is doing and then call them. So they, I mean, they make you look easy, but they have a lot going on. That's why they, they make the most money. That's why they're a leader of the team because their responsibility is enormous. So um, if there's any Viking games there and you want to sell your tickets, you know who to call. Be I wouldn't fun. sell them. You can take them, but they're not playing the Vikings. They played them in, in <laughs> They played him in preseason, I think. Well, Rick went down there two yeah. years ago to that stadium. Preseason, right? Completely. Was it preseason? No, it was a regular game. Regular season. Yeah. You know what? Eric yeah. Weber went. He sure did. And he had on a Vikings jersey with Mahomes on the back. That's just Ooh, really? Yeah. So he uh, made, uh, he uh, made, it went viral. Funny. It's yeah. like when people oh, yeah. do the, the, the Viking and the um, actor. That is. So, um, speaking about that, uh, your buddy that lives on that, he's got his own football Prime time? Dion. Yeah. yeah. Is he still? No, he doesn't live in Prosper anymore. Where did he go? What did he do with the football field? They actually made that into a neighborhood. It's a subdivision now. Okay. okay. And that oh house God. is oh, the, really? I'm not mistaken, because it's stuff, so much stuff built in front of it. I now, bet. We got grocery store. We got everything in Prosper now. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah right, you coming up that main road, you wouldn't even recognize it. Really? It's stuff everywhere. Okay. But I think they used the house as like the clubhouse for the subdivision. Yeah. yeah His so house they kind of like put oh, it, really? they, they filled in the lake. Wow. Yeah, so oh, okay. probably, you guys were coming. It was probably about 7,000, 10,000 people. It was probably about 100,000 people. Well, I remember what you called oh, my fish gosh, in the pond so the kid could catch his own fish. Yep. Who? Uh, who? Yep. Um, Dion's kid's yep. son? Yeah, when we got fish in our pond. <laughs> but that's weird with real estate. They fill in the pond. I mean, yeah. That's, that, but that's, you, you dig, you that's dig the pond essentially for to water your property because the oh, yeah, water is yeah. so high. It's what very I mean. expensive. So okay. you dig the pond and you got it. You might as well switch some fish in there. So yeah. um, the Cowboys. Cowboys riding a horse. Or how, the about the, team? how about those Cowboys? <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. I don't watch the Cowboys. <laughs> and I don't like the Cowboys. Yeah. And I don't have nothing to do with the Cowboys. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. That's so oh, awesome. The Chiefs. Oh, okay. He has that on his Twitter. Sure. But, I like. I like what about the I like Vikings? The Chiefs Patrick is there, but I like players. I like. Oh, players. Players. I like the name on the back and not the front. Yeah, oh, yeah not the okay. front. Yeah, I'm more of players because getting attached to a team is kind of tough. Did you go to any Viking games when you were here? Do you like the Vikings? Mm, I didn't go to any games, but yeah, I like the Vikings. I mean, I don't dislike Very good them. Club. Yeah, I don't dislike them. <laughs> it can be hard to be a I fan, don't. but the I'm Dallas Cowboy not. thing is a riot. When you when you Facebook about it, it cracks me up. So oh, I love oh, that's it. That's because. Patrick and all his dad and all their buddies from East Texas, they're huge Cowboy fans. Really? So that's why every time I post something negative about the Cowboys, this a jab at them. Oh, my God. It's is that funny? Oh, yeah. So little Patrick growing up was a Dallas Cowboy fan. Oh, yeah. What was, a riot. Oh yeah, he's a Mavericks fan. You can see he's at every 
home playoff game for the Mavericks now in yeah. offseason. So he's they're they're Texas, North Texas sports fan. I think you would love to go play for the Cowboys in seven years. Oh my god. I mean he's locked yeah, up forever. That now. would be terrible. That won't be terrible. He can't he do that. Be, I mean he's locked up for <laughs> what, years or something. He won't get Cowboys. Oh yeah. All right, so family is from Dallas. <clears throat> What's own, that? The Hunt family who owns the, the Chiefs, they're from Dallas. Oh, yeah, yeah. He will not be going to play for Dallas. Oh, they'll do everything they can. Wow. No it kidding. Oh, my God. I hope it doesn't happen. He will retire at Kansas City Chiefs unless, oh, yeah. unless something goes terribly wrong. <laughs> and those Hunts are, they run a great yeah. organization, don't they? They sure do. I mean, yep. they are just player-oriented. They, they, they take care of their players. All right, so we have two more topics that are... Uh, one serious, one fun. So can you tell us about the TikTok situation? What's TikTok? So you and Anita, did you guys rescue, didn't somebody, I, I Googled this. Oh, the, woman. the video. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, so when it came out, I was laying on the couch at the house and my phone started blowing up and I was like, well, that was cool. What you going, what we do? <laughs> I didn't know what we did. Mm-hmm. Nita, oh, I forgot to tell you. I'm like, okay. So the lady was doing a TikTok, and a guy came into her her home, and find one reason to smile. The charity gave her money. Well, put her in a, another apartment for uh, six to eight months, I think. It might have even been twelve months. But Nita handled it with security. Yeah, with security. So you and Anita were awesome, and you put this person in a apartment with security. Yeah. That's badass right there. That was there. weird because I'm laying, literally laying on the couch about 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm watching TV and my phone starts blowing up and people are talking about what happened. I'm like, Nita, what? She's like, oh, I forgot to tell you. Like, oh, okay. I wasn't mad about it. I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. You're looking at your Good job. Your, <laughs> I didn't know what they were talking about. Good job. Your foundation or whatever, you guys are the ones that steerheaded getting her in a Yes. After seeing that? Yeah, Nita, Nita does said, all that. So what is Nita the name of your foundation? LaTroy Hawkins Foundation? What's no, I don't have a foundation. You don't? You know, so I don't need it with hers. Find one reason to smile. And we oh, do yeah. a lot of stuff with the um, domestic violence. She kills Survivors. It. Domestic violence. Um, That's you, Nita's niche right there. That's what she does. But she how great. It is awesome. She's, she absolutely loves it. Yeah, I said amazing. when I retired, I was taking a, a step back from all that. I wanted to just... So why not? Her. And just be, you know, just be regular. And if I feel it on my heart to help an organization, I will. But because when I played the 25 years, I put everything I had in every city I played in. I played in 11 different cities. And 11 got different right cities, here, folks. I made sure that I got into the community and helped. Hopefully, made that place a better place. Found left it better than what I found it. Yeah. And it becomes it becomes exhausting. And it was. For it's sure. Interesting for me. You know, Do you have a favorite step of those back. 11 that yeah. really you know what? resonates with you? I think my favorite has to be the domestic violence that um, teams. what we did for an organization called Women Called Moses in Dallas. It's a women, women Called Moses work, I think. And the lady who runs it is Deborah Bowles. She's one of Anita's friends that I, I love Deborah because what she does for Domestic violence survivors is truly amazing, and she gets down in the trenches, and she saved a lot of women lives, a lot of women lives. So we were at, at her at her uh, gala, I think it was 2016, and 
this is when I was just getting, Nita, Nita was already part of the organization and I was home. I was starting to get to know it, you know, the ins and outs because I don't just make a decision. I have to see every aspect of your nonprofit, all that stuff before I like, okay, I'm in. Nita could be in, but that don't mean I'm all the way in. Yeah. So we're at the gala and Deborah was talking and we knew it was a fundraiser. I get that. And she had these uh, domestic violence survivors talk. And there was one lady who spoke about her husband beating her up because she couldn't find her, he, she couldn't find his shoe. Mm. And she didn't think, you know, it was a big deal. She went to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. But soon after that, she started losing her vision. And mm. then she ended up being blind. Oh, no. Beautiful lady. Started walking around the place, and I'm like, I said, yeah, I had no clue that she was blind. No clue. But it happened. And, and in Dallas, there was no safe haven for women in the southern sector. So Dallas is here, and then we live up north. And up north is where, you know, I say more fluent, you know, a lot of money. And we have all these resources for women up here. But in the southern sector, not a lot of resources. And and I, they were talking. I was like, I ain't needed. We're going to help them. And she was like, all right. What do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. Whatever they need. What do they need? And it was started hearing, you know, the more we listen to them talk, they need a place for the women to be safe. And so I said, what is that building? They need a house. And it ended up being a house. So we donated a house that night to women called Moses. So these women and their kids can go somewhere and be safe. Wow, that's really So that was like one of the coolest things I've done. Really cool. Yeah, because I really, <clears throat> the lady who runs it, Deborah Bowen, I, 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 mean, I love her. She's, she's, about, she's about women. She's about counseling out domestic violence. And it doesn't have always be women, because there are men who have um, survivors of domestic violence also. But she's about it. Like, and it's not... I'm just running out here, just, you know, trying to be on social media and try to, you know, just collect money. And it's, no, it's about the it's work, about the people. It's about the work. And it's real. And she is, she's real. Definitely You're a great real. advocate for women, too. You naturally do it. You're not afraid to say anything on social media. You rock too with that. You know, it's crazy. I can't just, I think having a daughter changes that for you a yeah. lot. For me, it changed. Because I don't think I was like that before oh, I had a daughter. Interesting. And I'd be the first. To, I, I, I don't love think that I was. Life. But I think after I had a daughter, it changes the way you see a whole lot of things. And I made me a better person. I, mean, I could just That's you know, cool. Yeah, for women because, you know what? wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't be here. You're, You're damn right. Have you taught Troy how to protect yourself? <laughs> oh, she she, yeah, Troy, she, she, <laughs> she do okay for herself. All right, so last but not least, so the derby looked really cool. Who are you wearing? Troy Hawkins. <laughs> that, he was wearing a really cute, really chic pink blazer. Anita yeah. was I had my, on uh, fire. Like I had this company called LAV in LA. They did my clothes when I was playing. Remember so that. I called them and had uh, Jennifer hook. I was like, this is what I'm looking for. These are the colors I like. And that was the starting point. And we went from there. And so when you fun. broadcast, you can you wear whatever you want? Casual? No. Well, it depends. Like, 
I just got the email last night on Thursday and Friday. We have a, a sports coat on and a, and a shirt, oh. collar shirt, no tie, just sports shirt. I mean, sports coat and collar shirt. And on Saturday and Sunday, I get to wear our Valley Sports um, golf shirts. So oh, Saturday cool. and Sunday be very casual, which is perfect. So the whole holiday weekend, you're in town doing all that? Yes. But I'm getting out of here on Sunday night. And then where are you going, going home? home two weeks. Yeah, I've been gone for two weeks. And you don't, so you just stay in a hotel when you're in town. You don't. Ever? Yeah, but we're on the road. We just got home on oh, Sunday yeah. night. So I'm actually only in Minnesota for this week. For this week. What the hell is with the possum? In Oakland? No. What in the hell they is that? Possum living in po- a possum family. They call them opossums living in <laughs> the press box. They live in a press box in the Coliseum. The Coliseum is a very critters? yeah, real possums. Old possums. I know I call them possums. I like old possums. Yeah, but I just learned that they're like they're like a creepy looking thing. Yeah, they're they're little fur balls and they can they can be aggressive if you if you corner <laughs> them. Like can you not yeah. have them get rid of the get rid of them? Or are they living there? They're living there, and they caught one on that Saturday. I think no, on Tuesday. I think they caught it. But there's That's usually a, a litter of, uh, one opossum will have a litter of eight. Oh, Jesus. So gross. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of <laughs> weird. But I'm not afraid. I do know this. Like, just living in Texas, animals want no parts of humans. So I was not afraid of that possum yeah. because he wanted no parts of us. So why do you keep coming down? He's trying to look and see <laughs> when is a good time to, to get out and roam around. Yeah. It's time to eat. And, you know, they, say, they know the schedule. It's almost like the seagulls. When they, you see them coming around the stadium, they they not around the stadium in the first five or six innings. They come towards the seven, eight, and nine when the game is over. So now they can go feed. Yeah, and they understand. So if the, if Oakland's at home seven days and then gone for seven days, they get on the schedule where they come out and roam around free. And That's then funny. When they come in town when the team's back in town. They can't just come around it's and like roam around. Disney World for them. What's yeah. your favorite stadium yeah. in the country? Baseball. Mm. I like Target Field. Isn't it cool? Oh, wow, really? I didn't like it at first. As a visitor, I would come back, and I just had a love affair with the Metrodome. You did? It, oh yeah. Yeah, like that's cute. A lot of fun in the Metrodome. Like yeah, a lot of great memories, man. Sitting down in that bullpen, watching your dad sit like this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Running out on the field. Clotheslining that that guy after all the young guys couldn't catch him. That was so good. Yeah, a lot of good memories, and you know it's just one of those things. And I remember I was when I came back as a visiting player. We were I had to go upstairs to go meet some of the members of the fan club, and I came up those um, the home plate home plate elevators, which brings you up right behind home plate. Yep. And they still had all the lights on. And when I came up out of the elevator, I had to go left and out the double doors, and I looked and I was like, Oh my God, that is beautiful. It is really. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm about to cheat on the Metrodome. I, I think I like Target Field. Super. I like Target Field. Fun to go to it, and like a good seat everywhere you're at in there. See, I don't see. I don't get a chance to experience that. Like for me, it's more aesthetic stuff. Like just how visually pleasing it is on the eyes. Oh yeah. And it was very pleasing on the eyes. I'm like, okay, job well done, Minnesota. Even though I like the Metrodome, but Target Field was. It's put together. Everybody talks about Royal Stadium. Is that Kaufman's super beautiful. cool? And I think the cool thing about Kaufman is so it's an older now. stadium. Yeah. It's an older stadium. But they've done a great job as an organization 
giving it is the up to date amenities and keeping it looking brand new. Yeah. You know, you might go one year they might have a waterfall out there, and it might not be out there. So they they've done some things over the years to keep it keep it looking great. It's a nice stadium also, and their grass has always been you know tops in the league. Oh, they yeah. had great grass. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get nervous if you know a pitcher that's in, like, if it's a big game or whatever, you just get kind of nervous for him, like, bummed out, like, dang. I'm nervous. Period. You know, yeah, I'm nervous, period, about the pitchers. And I'm partial yeah, towards the course. pitchers, whether they have on a Twins jersey or Tigers jersey. I'm partial to the pitchers just because doing it for so long, you know, I definitely understand what they're going through out there, whether they get a three of a three down in it or they give up four runs or they don't, you know, give up one run. There's not many situations that I've, I'm watching with my eyes every day that I've been there. I've been there. I've definitely been in that position. You were in the majors for over 20 years, right? 21 years. That's really unbelievable. Like, what is, what is something with your diet, nutrition, workout? Yeah, we got to talk about no, that. No, I think I was just one of the lucky ones. I mean, I learned very early that the harder I tried to throw, the softer it came out. So I tried to make my delivery as easy as possible to make it look like I was playing catch. You had the smoothest delivery I can ever remember any pitcher had. And I think mechanically, it, it helped. For me, it, it helped on my shoulder and my, my elbow. So what's your favorite pitch? Fastball. Yeah, okay, because I, no, I, I, I did a little research on that, but can't speak on it well enough. My favorite pitch. Yeah. My fastball had a lot of 90 miles sink in it, some arm side run. So, and I had pretty decent control. So I can throw it where I wanted to. And I threw probably 72, 73% fastballs. You don't see that that often now because guys oh, yeah. are, they have more, they have better off-speed off speed stuff than we did when I was, when I first came up. So it's more close, like 60, 40, 55, 45. Yeah. Guys now have, they throw harder than we did. And I think they, they definitely have better breaking pitches yeah. because they have all these, new tools that'll help you they can teach them technology right technology is so great they can teach them how to shape their breaking ball yeah. and get it to do what they want it to do help them manipulate, the, the, manipulate toughest the baseball out, toughest out the one guy that you just like oh man i don't want to face this guy harold baines and edgar martinez no those way, guys really? kill me and they're oh, both in the hall baines of fame love sex. Do I remember? and martinez I mean, they're both in the hall of fame 300 constantly yep they're both in the hall of fame. they kill me they probably so, get over 400 against no, you. know, you, you throw a wild pitch or something, mm -hmm. and you want to lose your shit right there, but you keep it together. Same with, like, if you strike a guy out, you got to keep cool on that, too? No. Now, now you guys are celebrating. Right, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't mind it because I... I would. Being away from the game, I understand now, like, how hard the game really is. And when we play, you know, just from the old... Ah, little... You know, the, the tough guy mentality that we had, you didn't show anybody up. But my thought process is, it's hard to hit a baseball. And if you hit a home run, why can't you celebrate it? Oh, hell yeah. If you yeah. do something good, why can't you celebrate it? You know, I always used to get upset. I mean, used to make comments about, it down in the football, get it down by 30, and he get a touchdown, he's doing a dance. <laughs> but now I understand, like, those are major accomplishments for you. Of somebody, of the person that did it, yeah. why can't they celebrate? Because it's going to make you feel a certain type of way. Well, you should have played better defense, or you shouldn't have threw that pitch right there. In my mind now. I didn't always think like that. This is like 
Yeah. I'm usually kind of a brat about that. Yeah. But I, so I, I like to see guys being able to show their true, their, their true selves on the field. Yeah. I like that. Does some does it get overboard? But you, you have to take the overboard with when you allow guys to do that. You have to take it, and, and it's it's okay. And I like now that that pitchers get excited. Like we were taught to be stoic about it, yeah. and act like you did it before, and all that. But again, if you do something great, why don't celebrate? Strike a dude out. Strike anybody, anybody ever charge the mom? Anybody ever charge the mom on you? No. Nobody no, ever charge you? No. Nobody oh, ever charged me. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> you know what? I always thought about what I would do. What I would do, and there's a really good chance not many punches are going to be thrown. No. But I do know one thing: that wouldn't be the end of it. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna go to come to your your hotel. I'm gonna go to your oh, car. I'm gonna go to your bus. You're still gonna. Uh, we're gonna fight. You get after Especially if you get a lick in, and I don't because yeah. everybody come in and grab me. No, no, no. I'm gonna get my lick back. Lick well, what about um when you hit a guy on accident? How does that go? Whoopsie. Look, Alex Gonzalez. He was a shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays, and it's funny because he was just with my minor league roommate, Teddy Corbin, they were at an event. And Teddy took a picture, like Latroy, you know this guy? And then he had, he talked, he had a video of Alex Gonzalez saying, hey Latroy, why did you hit me two times and break my hand? So I actually hit him Tell twice. Tell Teddy he shouldn't come in. Back to back at bats that I faced him, different times, and broke his hand. Fastballs in, broke oh, his no. hand, was on the DL. Then the next time I faced him, another fastball, broke his hand. Again? Broke his hand again. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But it wasn't intentional. Right. And in 2004, when I left Minnesota, I went to play in Chicago. And the Cubs ended up signing him. And I was sitting next to Greg Maddox. And I was like, Maddox, man. I was like, we just signed Alex Gonzalez. And, bro, I hit him twice and broke his hand twice. <laughs> so how, do you, how do you deal with that? Maddox was like, was it on purpose? I was like, no. He was like, well, forget him. Don't worry about back. it. Don't worry about it. for the White Sox at one point? No. Cubs. I mean, the, Not the White Sox. Oh, the Cubs. Oh, Cubs twice. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. okay. Yeah, he was like, hey, it ain't your fault. He has to get out of the way. You didn't do it on purpose. No, it wasn't on purpose. So, yeah, I hit Alex Gonzalez twice and broke his hand twice. I mean, literally, I could talk about this stuff all day long. And the thing is, is that later on, I'll be like, oh, should I, I should ask him that. Should ask him that. Oh, yeah. But, Troy, this has been super awesome. This is for my dad. Love you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right.